1: All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560.
2: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Lines are open, by the way, 303-477-5600. And uh, we'll get those answered as soon as you give us a call, Stuart Littleton. Though you're next, thanks for hanging on. We appreciate it.
3: Hey, no problem. Uh, got uh, basically a question and a companion question. So uh, probably about a year, I'm looking to maybe uh, get rid of the 2002 Yukon and looking at either a Toyota, Toyota a Tacoma or a uh, Nissan Frontier because of the uh, the availability of a six popper instead of the um, turbocharged four poppers. Uh, am I, you know? overblowing that in the sense of thinking that, you know, a turbocharged Ford hopper is uh, working a little harder?
2: Not necessarily. It depends on, you know, the vehicle, the engine, and so on. And between those two vehicles that you just mentioned, and as you know, well, maybe you don't know, but for those of you maybe that don't, the Frontier has just been redesigned. In fact, it's eerily similar to what a Toyota looks like. In fact, from a distance, you almost have a hard time telling you know, one from another. So the Frontier has been redone. Same engine that it had prior, same V6 engine had had prior, similar to what's in the Toyota. I mean, it, it's a good truck. I've, I drove a new one the other day, and they actually work very well, Stu, not knocking the Frontier. But, you know, Nissan doesn't build near as many as Toyota does. And, again, I'm not knocking the Toyotas either. I, my problem with Toyotas is they're just they're, – they don't have enough power for me. They're slow. Sorry. They just are. Yeah. Well,
3: it looks like the redesign, they're going to a 10-speed uh... – transmission instead of the 60. Would not surprise um, me. Most
2: most everybody is headed, every manufacturer will be headed that way. Yeah. Is headed that way, yeah. I should say. Right. Not, not will be. They are headed that way.
3: And This is part of a little bit of a lifestyle choice. I'm 62, looking for something I can put a topper on, and that's my actual second uh, uh, companion question, what you guys think of these toppers. Uh, today I carry around samples, uh, windows, siding, things of that nature, so I need something that's fairly dry. But in the future, I want it for uh, you know camping and fishing things of that nature. Is there
2: a topper that's better than another? Yes. Now, I do think most of them have have uh, matured. Is probably the best way for me to say this. At one time, there were some topper brands out there you just didn't buy because they were absolutely you know junk. They were flimsy. They were junk. You know, any of the the modern you know glass toppers, Lear and so on. Uh, you know, they're they're all fairly decent. If you go to a topper store and they've got good inventory. Uh, That's really a pretty good indication of it being a pretty solid topper. And there's some guys running around uh, that have done this for a very, very long time, been selling toppers forever. And I wouldn't buy one from anybody that hasn't done it for a long time. They, They know the manufacturing, what's good and what's not. Yep.
3: Okay, perfect. All right, guys, thanks.
2: Stay you're you're very your welcome, Lou. And, again, whatever you buy, I mean, really, today, there's not a bad truck. It's a matter right. of what what do you like, what fits your lifestyle, and so on. They're all good. There's not a bad one.
4: What's more comfortable as yeah. you're sitting inside? Yeah, what do you like? You can buy a Ranger. Though? You can buy a Colorado.
2: Yeah. You can buy the Toyota. You can buy a Nissan. I mean, you you, you decide. They're all they're all comparable.
4: Yeah. Yep. They're,
2: yeah, they're, they're all good.
3: The fact that uh, six poppers and then, uh, unfortunately, the uh, Colorado and the—and I'm driving a GMC today, but— uh Three hundred thousand miles on this Yukon, been a fantastic truck, but right uh, uh, they don't have the uh, safety features the other ones
2: do. As in, what do you mean? Uh,
3: the Ford collision and all that kind of—they they, they, um, just—they're—they're they're, uh, the Nissan and the Toyota
2: and the Ford. Um, correct. Uh, have all the options. Yeah, I think, oh, and really? she- yeah, and Chevy's behind. No, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. We already yeah. know that, and you will see that I believe in the twenty twenty three. But if you're looking for something now, no, you are correct. Yeah. yeah okay thanks you're very no welcome drive. Stu. thank you no thanks. i appreciate that very much and again folks yeah that's one of those optional things where you know if you want some of those options yes that's going to dictate some of what you buy in that regard personally that i'm not buying a car because of forward or rear collision or any that kind of stuff and, and not a big issue to me one way or the other right but to yeah. some it it, it, it makes it is difference. and that yeah, makes exactly. a big difference so yeah. eric and denver you're next
5: hey you guys great show thanks eric thanks um I want to throw in my two cents on the classic car
2: question. Sure.
5: If I if I could pick one, it would be probably a Roadrunner.
2: Oh uh, yeah, that would. Yeah, nice. That would. Yeah, yeah.
5: That would be my pick. Um, that is such a cool car. There's, and if every guy who had one, they always cut out the back wheel well though, because uh, when it comes stock, the back wheel well comes down. You know, on the body. And it looks kind of goofy, and almost mm-hmm. every guy would actually take a saber saw and cut some of that out and yeah. put Mondo on there. And put, uh,
4: right, fit a bigger tire under there.
5: Right, because you couldn't put big old fat mags because the, right. the wheel, of, the yep. body came down and it, you couldn't fit them in there. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, but that was a pretty cool car. And then I had a question on an older car, too.
2: Okay, no, go ahead, Eric. You're fine.
5: I have a. 1979 Le Mans, it's a 231 V6 with a two barrel, and it's basically been garaged for 25 years or more. Okay. I I, I drive it maybe once a week. I'll bet you I don't put even a thousand miles on it. Sometimes it sits there for three weeks at a time. But, uh, my question is, I kind of want to, I could probably just do a paint job and some minor, minor repair work on it and put a new interior on it um i was wondering can you give me just a rough estimate as to how much that would cost me to do that
4: i wish i I, could right i I don't yeah i mean it's
2: I mean, interior is one of those things. It's like paint and body. Depends on who's doing it, what fabric, how how good a quality do you want? Are you just buying slip covers that somebody's installing for you? Or are you having it all sewn up with you know custom stuff and so on? I mean, there is a huge swath of price there, Eric. I can't tell you. I don't know.
4: Oh, I see. Yeah, and body so, work too, the same way. I mean, it's like, correct. how do you want to do a complete? Well, and I, I can tell yeah. you right
2: now, it's hard to get much done on the body side. Just regular paint, it's hard to do less than five grand on a paint job, Eric. And it's nothing to spend ten. Right.
5: Yeah, because that it basically there's no rust on it, or there's it's yeah, okay. never been dinged. It's never.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah you, again, it, it you'll you'll spend probably. You know, at least ten doing a halfway decent paint job. And That's not show quality. That's just regular daily driver type paint right. at ten k. And I'll tell, even if you buy slip covers and and go that route and buy a carpet kit and so on, you'll still have twenty five hundred three grand on interior pretty easily. Sure, easy. So yeah. po- possibly, maybe even under twenty thousand. Maybe I, I think could you watch. could use twenty as a budget and be and stay under that. Sure, yeah. I think you could do that. Yeah, I don't see any issues with that. Right.
5: Wow, well, that doesn't sound too, too, too bad. Um, and then I would, this might sound crazy, but then I would have to insure the car then at that point,
4: wouldn't I? For yeah. You would Uber. need to insure it, yes. You'd want to get an agreed value yes. policy on that. Yes.
2: Yep. Which, again, Paul Loonberger could help you with, no problem.
5: Because I just have liability, you know, but right. if I put Yeah, no, you'd want to full it.
2: cover that one for sure, yeah. yes. Yeah.
5: If I did just those two things, I still would want to insure it then. That That's oh, right, yeah.
2: you most certainly yeah. would.
5: Okay, you guys. Well, that kind of gives me a pretty good idea. Great questions. Um, Yeah. Okay, thanks
2: a lot. Thanks, Eric. No, those are great questions. Thanks. We appreciate that. Uh, Margaret and Littleton, you're next. Hello, Margaret.
6: Sorry. No, you're fine.
2: You're fine. We're here.
6: Now, Larry promised you would not laugh. We will not. Thank you. I, I trust you all. This may not be a classic in the classic sense, But when I was a senior in high school in Colorado, I bought for $750 a Sunbeam red convertible. Sunbeam Tiger? Really? Well, I don't know that it was a Tiger, but it was red, it was a convertible. We're
2: not going to laugh at that at all. Right, exactly.
6: Well, the catch is, and I think it was against my dad's better judgment, he used to work on his own cars. But I was told I was going to pay for my car, okay. and it spent half the time not running.
2: They <laughs> did have that the problem. i was <laughs>
6: being towed by my dad.
2: They, they did have that problem. What, what year was it, Margaret? What year, Sunday? I'm,
6: I'm sorry, I don't remember. I was a high school
4: <laughs> senior, and I just it, thought it didn't matter at that time, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, good, <laughs> point. I didn't good
6: point. Good point. Anything. It's just that it was so cool.
4: They were cool. No,
2: there's no doubt about that. They were cool. No, we're not laughing. And there's, there were, they were, um, they had a cult following as well. And by the way, still do.
6: Oh, I didn't know. Oh
2: yeah, oh yeah.
6: Well, about the time I hit my freshman year at CSU. And it wouldn't start most of the time. I called my dad up and I said, Please come get it. I know you've, he helped me with so many of the repairs. I said, Take the car. I can't. Do this
4: for <laughs> now, that part is funny. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well,
6: and what the, the story of this is there across the street were these wonderful neighbors, and he was a machinist. Okay. He ended up working in Pueblo, worked his way up, and he was just an amazing neighbor. He bought the car from my parents. Okay. Um, painted it lime green. He knew how to work on it. You know, he did whatever. The last yeah. time it had to be towed again, all he knew how to work on cars. So he and his son had it for years and years and years and years.
2: Interesting. That's a good yeah. story. That's cool. Yeah.
6: That's That's cool. That's my story.
2: That's cool. That's That's a good story. story. We're not laughing. That's a great story, Margaret. No, thanks for sharing. That's awesome. Bob and Pine, you got a couple of questions. We'll take a break, come back, get yours answered. So don't go anywhere. We do have a couple of lines open, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
7: At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only
8: one place to get the good stuff, Napa Auto Parts. For a limited time, KLZ listeners who purchase a high-efficiency American Standard furnace will receive a free air purification system. Terms and conditions apply. Call now for an estimate on your new furnace, 720-526-0231. Unlike other air purification systems that produce ultraviolet light, the Solace Air Filters from Absolute contain up to two UV lamps, as well as an oxidation bulb, providing another layer of purification. By purifying both the return and the supply, this Solace Air Solution protects the blower motor inside your furnace while cleaning the air in your ducts. Powerful enough to purify the air flowing quickly through your system, the Solace Air Solution could prolong the life of your furnace while preserving your lungs. For KLZ listeners only, receive a free air purification system with the purchase of a high-efficiency, American-standard furnace from Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Call 720-526-0231.
6: For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical
9: Heating and Air.
2: Classic car insurance is not created equal. Some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all, and if they do, it's most likely not the right coverage. If you have an accident or theft, do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod? for its total value do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year Paul Leuenberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like you Chrome stands for classic antique or modern classic hot rod or street rod replica or kit car original unrestored modified or custom exotic rare or unique and in excess of a hundred thousand dollars in appraised value don't insure your special car with anyone else get the best coverage at the best price by calling paul today 303-662-0789 or find him on our website drive-radio.com that's drive-radio.com
10: if your
0: engine doesn't leak oil but you have to add to it between oil changes where does the oil go
2: All right, and we are back. Thanks for joining us today. we got a little over a half an hour left, 40 minutes left of Drive Radio. So if you got a question for us, please call 303-477-5600. Question of the day, if you could buy any classic car, what would you buy? Bob and Pine, you're up next, sir.
11: Hi, John. Uh, tearing
2: apart a kitchen. Thanks for keeping
11: me sane this morning. <laughs> you're <laughs> welcome. Um, my daughter has a 2011 Forester. Uh, uh, non-turbo 120,000 miles it's been and been using more oil than i think is right so i was thinking about using the epr on it just as an experiment is that something with mileage that high and let's just say that it gets a lot of short trips it hasn't been maintained the best Um, is that something i should do or should i stay away from it
4: nope i would do that uh it's common with those engines to, you know, go through three or four quarts during an oil change, actually. We've seen that a lot with different mm-hmm. customers. Even when they're right at the five or 6,000-mile mark, they're, you know, they can be two or three quarts low. Uh, you know, I always tell them to check it between. But, yeah, it's it's real common for those to use the, you know, anywhere's from a quart every yeah. 600 to 1,000 miles, actually. And using the EPR and the MOA can definitely help um there's some other stuff that we've added in a couple of them um that we haven't really noticed a big difference in uh it's called restore but we haven't noticed a difference but the epr seemed to you know one of one of our customers it was about every 600 miles that it'd be a quart low we did that uh two times in a row and she's up to a thousand miles every court now but it's still they're big oil burners actually <clears throat> Yeah, I I've used
11: Restore before, but um, the last the last time I actually worked on it for her, um, I went to pull the stick because I was going to add it. Well, <clears throat> the stick was cleaner than the inside of the car. Yeah. So yeah, there was like I drained it and I got out two quarts. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I have, <clears throat> she said, well, Dad, you have to teach me how to check oil. I said, yeah, okay. Um John, wasn't the sixty eight or sixty nine Buick's stage three GTX, GTX wasn't that the fastest
2: of the Chevelle?
11: Yeah. Uh, they were actually the combat? so
2: actually the, the sixty nine or seventy GSXs, they were called, they were GSX. basically a stage two GSX. And yes, yep. they were the fastest of those A body cars in its day. Yes.
11: Yeah, and nobody really knew that. Nobody knew, Euro, knew that. Chevelles and Correct. whatever.
2: Correct. Um, and it's partly why they didn't. You know, they just didn't sell that many. You know, Buicks back in the day, which you know you would think with the fact there's not as many of a supply of those, they would be bringing bigger money, but they're not.
11: Yeah. Yep. Okay. And as far as a car. My first car was a 64 Chevy Biscayne 6-cylinder 3 on the floor oh, yeah. speed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I would if I could find one it I would actually I'd buy it just so <laughs> I could build it the way I wanted to.
4: Right.
12: It was
11: it had the ugliest interior I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Thanks for your show, guys. I really appreciate Bob, it. Bob, thanks. thanks
2: for the information. No, thank you. I appreciate it very much. Oh, yeah, amazing. and going back to some of those old hot rods, you know, it's still to me amazing that it's why it's not—it's not always just supply.
4: Right.
2: It still has that you know demand factor, and even to this day, the demand is still larger for the Chevelle sure. than it is for a. Uh, GTO or right. or it is for a four four two or it is for a Buick GS or you know yeah. e- even the even the the GSXs because we just looked it up you know Ken and I were looking it up so a fully restored really nice Buick GSX you can buy for you know anywhere from probably seventy to a hundred grand where that same big block if you found a four twenty seven LS six you know a four fifty four LS six Chevelle LS seven even yeah. uh, you're you're going to be fifty percent higher yeah across mm-hmm. the board yeah. And it's just again comes back to that demand side. Now I will say that big block Chevelle, they didn't make that many of those either, so they're they are, you know, in short supply as well, but they're not as short a supply as the Buick's or the four four twos or the right. or the Judges were I mean again those yeah. those other three still didn't in fact those other three probably combined didn't even come close to what the Chevelles Yeah. I'd have to look up the numbers, probably weren't even close. Right. The the bow tie outsold them. Right. Know, all. Part of it, when you look at these this class, and and folks, this is something to think about. Even if you're in that world, and or you're thinking about entering that world, and you're thinking, okay, and by the way, this is where, and I know this is hard for a lot of people to understand. If you're buying a car for the you know, potential investment of or the increase in value, you got to put all your prejudices aside. Sure. I don't care whether you're a Ford guy, Chevy yeah, right. guy, Dodge exactly. guy, whatever. It doesn't matter, okay? You, you put all that aside and say, okay, this is like buying real estate. You're yeah. like, okay, what is the demand and supply like, the things that you and I, Ken, are talking about? You've got to look at all of that and then factor it in and then make a decision, you know, which car— Am I going to buy now? I also understand that there's emotions and there's there's just you know cars from our childhood and things you may want to buy and so on and okay that but frankly that's a different scenario and a different reason to own a car right. than yeah. it is if you're looking to buy the car to make money with right. said car.
4: That, yeah, the emotion comes in if that's the car that brings back memories and things like that. You're not buying that right. for an investment. You're buying right. it for for just your own personal. So give you a good example and
2: now. If I'd have known that it was as fun a car to own as it is, I probably would have bought one even sooner. But I, you all know, I bought a Dodge Viper several years ago. And I bought a used one. I found it on uh, the East Coast. Nice car. It actually was a Colorado car. Went to the East Coast, came back. And it's a nice car. It's got some miles on it, but it's a really nice car. It's a driver if, if you would. I think it is. At least I bought it to be a driver. And when I bought that car, um, you know, it was X price. And I got a pretty decent deal on it. I thought it was a good deal on the car. And drove it. And, and I had fun... By the way, one of the fastest funnest cars just raw power fun sure. car i mean it's just just a beast to drive Sound and just oh everything yeah, exactly just love the car actually yeah. really really is i can see why guys you know why there's a cult following to him because once you own it it's like okay I, I get it i understand this car now but i i had no idea i knew it would go up in value because i knew they were i knew they had stopped making them the prices still hadn't shot up yet and i thought well if i can get a hold of one i'm i'm guessing it will not it won't just keep its value it will increase in value well to my how should I say uh, my judgment was off <laughs> that car in i 've owned that car roughly two and a half to three years it 's doubled in value Wow, since then I would have never predicted that it doubled no in value since then, to the point now where it 's one of those cars i, I don 't drive it just gets i 've parked hey, it now yeah, right because the, because the the value, the value yep. is going up and up and up and it 's going yeah. to continue to do so because again it 's that limited market and they didn't build that many Vipers. You know, look at a Viper versus a Corvette. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, oh, gosh, 40 to 1 in what they did on Corvettes to to a Viper. And it's why there's just not that many of them out there. But the demand has still stayed fairly high because, again, it's a car they no longer build. Once people really understand what the car is and what it does and what it's capable of and just all of what I said a moment ago— the The demand for it has continued to go up, and again, when the demand increases but the supply is short, it pushes the prices sure. up so with any of these cars that you're looking at, you really have to go through that that how do I want to say it the calculation sure's sort the of word I'm looking for to determine you know what do I buy what do I not buy and that's where the classic car market is is Kind of on its own, if you would. I mean, there's other markets, real estate and so on, that are similar, but it's it's different because the auto market can fluctuate far more than sure. you know, the real estate market. You're not picking up a house and moving it.
4: Yeah, right.
2: It's there. It's yeah. whatever location it's in, the land, the view, everything. It's all there. You know, unless you remodel, rebuild, do some things along those lines. Yeah. You know, it is what it is for the most part. Right. Cars are completely different in right. in that. And the other thing about cars is. There can be worldwide following on cars where typically on real estate, there's not.
4: Right. Okay.
2: Real estate's typically by location only. Cars, they're mobile. I mean, a guy can buy a car in the U.S. and ship it to South Africa if he or she desires or wherever. And that's where the car thing has more pull, if you would, in a lot of cases, and why it's more volatile also, because those interests can change, generationally speaking. Let me give you an example. For the longest time, some of the early, you know, 32 Fords, you know, high boys roadsters, sedans, coupes, all of that, uh, you know, 32, 34s, you know, even some of the Model A stuff, I mean, they were worth pretty good money. I mean, if you want to go find a really nice 32 Ford Roadster, you're going to spend, you know, 60, 80, even 100 grand, depending upon the car, whether it was a steel body, glass body, all that kind of stuff, regional car, what have you. Sure. You can now buy pretty much any really nice it'll be steel or fiberglass doesn't matter either way you can buy any pretty much you know high boy ford 32 ford high boy and where you would have spent 60 70 grand years ago for you can buy those cars right now all day long for 40 they're almost half of what they were several years ago now there are some exceptions to that. Some of the older, you know, original cars that were built in the 60s or, you know, late 50s, and they've stayed that way, and there's some history and things with it. Yeah, okay, that's changing that that whole picture of what I just said a moment ago. But generally speaking, that early model, you know, Ford, Chevy, you know, even some of the other brands of cars that were out there, models of cars that were out there, they just are not holding their value as they were right. even 10 years ago. And my feeling on that is because generationally, the guys that bought those, my dad, you know, his age, right. those are the guys that bought those, owned them, and so on. My and Ken's age, not that I don't like those cars, I do, but I'd rather have a 70 Chevelle.
4: Yeah, yeah right, exactly.
2: Okay? I'm, I'm going to yeah. go 30 years newer right, exactly. on cars or even yeah. or even you know 40 years newer on yeah. cars. I'd rather have that car than I would... That Definitely. early model Ford. Yeah. And, I, and to me, that's what, again, it goes back to those fluctuations in prices yeah. and why they're there. Does sure. that make sense?
4: Yeah, exactly. Am so, I explaining that no, correctly? that's you're totally correctly. Yeah, exactly. Because you yeah. have seen that shift. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, as those, yeah, just, and maybe it goes back to what we grew up with. You I know, think it does. I mean, because no, I think I mean, they grew up with that age of vehicle, and we grew up with I know, think you're spot on. this and yes. stuff like that. I agree so, with that. Yeah. So,
2: Randy and Lyman, hang tight. Got to take a quick break. We will come back, folks. Got lines open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
0: Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance oil change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making.
13: BG. J.C.'s 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, J.C.'s British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make J.C.'s British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. J.C.'s British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck. We can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com.
7: At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And NAPA parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 NAPA auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at NAPA, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the NAPA auto parts store nearest you, go to NAPAonline.com. NAPA. Get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff, Napa
8: Auto Parts.
9: Rates are low, but are you still paying too much interest? Why continue to pay most of your interest up front like a conventional loan when you can use the asset manager to save thousands in unnecessary interest costs? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. The asset manager is a simple interest loan, which means when your payoff decreases, your payment decreases, and so does your interest. Our clients are paying off their home in half the time. They're not changing their spending habits, and they have access to their equity for 30 years, even after it's paid off. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Think about it. This simple interest loan allows you to own your home faster. Access your equity for 30 years, which means never having to refinance over and over and over again to pay off debts or for home improvements. No more requalifying, no more additional costs. Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, and see for yourself. You're in control, not the bank. NMLS 298191, regulated by door equal credit lender.
2: All right, Drive Radio, myself, Ken Rackley, Toon Tech Automotive with me today, Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer, and Larry Unger answering phones. Thanks, everybody, for helping out each, day, each week like they do. I do appreciate that very much. Randy and Lyman, you're next, sir.
12: Hey, uh, I want to pick your brain a little bit uh, about an alternator and how many components are within the alternator housing. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I know you got brushes and you must have something that has to do with a voltage regulator. I have mine replaced. Uh, I requested a new one. I don't remember, and it's not on my paperwork, if he got me a refurbished or a new one. Uh, And the reason the whole thing is being brought up is because if I get a refurbished one with a year warranty, then i got to be thinking about it next year. If I get a new one, it was a lifetime warranty. But I, I wanted to ask you how thorough, how many parts may be within it, and then also how thorough they get uh mine's a voltage regulator but let's say it was the brushes that went bad are they just going to replace the brushes give it a visual put it on a machine make sure everything's up to par and then away it goes
2: depends on the rebuilder
12: basically it
11: right
4: and and
2: we should explain this too for everybody listening there and this is a law there's a difference between a rebuilt part in a remanufactured part. Rebuilt means they just fix whatever is bad, to your point a moment ago, Randy, you know if it needs whatever, right. they put it in and away they go. Remanufactured means it's the same process every time, every single part that they're supposed to do in that particular... Uh, situation like in your case on an alternator, they would put bearings and brushes, and they would check the stator and uh, the you know everything. They would go through the whole nine yards and check everything out. It's going to get new pieces every single time, whether they're bad or not. They're going to go ahead and put those in on a remanufactured unit every single time. Now, with all that being said, I'm always one that uh-huh. says if you can buy new, buy new, and don't buy remanufactured. But that's not always available.
12: Right, right, right. And I did request it, but I I, I don't remember if he said. I'm, I was stuck. I mean, you're dead in water without it. I sure. Was stuck no, and there's times, Like I said, there's times where, it.
2: with what I just said a moment ago, you you got know, to you got to buy whatever is there, and you don't have any choice. But, right. But for everybody else listening, right. if you have the option for <laughs> new versus remanufactured, and typically there's not a lot of difference in price, it's usually it's right. usually you know nominal. I, I I would buy new. Yeah.
12: Right. Right. I just. I just wondered that, but because uh, if they if they're not going to replace everything like you said a remanufacture, then I'm thinking let's let's say mine was the brushes. If they replace the brushes and put it on the machine, make sure it's doing the output that it should. Put it all back together. Mm-hmm. It's good to go, and it's a, it's a refurbished, whatever you want to call it. But that's probably why they would give you the let's say one year warranty because the part that does the let's say the voltage regulator, the bearings, you know, which sure. which you said. Those weren't replaced, so, for instance, mine being five years old, they're going to fix the brushes, give it a visual, it put out, they're going to put it back, and, you know, even though your brushes are new, everything else is not, so it's still a five-year-old, it's a semi-five-year-old alternator that the next person to buy in. It, that would—that's my take.
4: Oh, the, so the uh, ones that are sent back in for a core—is that what you're asking about, or actually having yours re- rebuilt? Well,
12: no, I'm—I'm I'm saying, for instance, mine's been in there five years. Uh-huh. So let's say mine was the brushes. I, there was a voltage regulator, but let's say it's the brushes for talk's sake. Uh-huh. Uh, They—I'm assuming I could be wrong—that they're going to replace the brushes, give it a visual, make sure it did the output, put it back in the shell. And there it goes, and someone else has the new brushes, but everything else right. is still five years old.
4: Right. Well, and that, yeah, all the pretty much like John was saying with the remanufacturing process, they replace the regulator. They they put new electronics in it. They they just use the hard parts. They put new bearings in them. They use the the same armature and the same case and the same okay. line case. Yeah, you know, and they're, they're like
2: checking that. the stator and, yeah. the, you know, rectifier and things Make along you know, those lines. Right. But on a remanufactured, again, depending upon the remanufacture, the only thing they may reuse would be housing, stator. Right. And yeah. that may be it. On I mean, well, right. some of the, you know, covers and things like that, right. they, aren't yeah. gonna, you know, exactly. they don't wear out well, anyways. Yeah, so. but, yeah. but other but than the that, vehicle. they may be replaced. It, again, it depends on the remanufacturer right. and what they're yeah. doing, what their standard is. Yeah.
12: Exactly. So I guess my best bet is to call them Monday and ask them for sure if I got a new one. If he says yes, yes. I'm happy. If he says no, then I'll be thinking anytime after a year I may mm-hmm. want to keep that on my on my bucket list. Well, the Maybe.
4: remanufactured. I mean, I would say probably in more than okay. Well, let's put
12: it as not new, <laughs>
4: <laughs> right? And you know, we've seen a lot of those last. I, I'm. A lot of times you don't have any choice, so you run a remanufactured, and they'll outlast the vehicle too so right you know i mean it's just yeah. one of those things well, like i
12: said there's also refurbished, there's rebuilt depending on how you want to if you want to go for the lowest one just fix the good parts and it puts out you put it back together and that's know, what a
2: rebuilt called. is typically they're a rebuilt unit they're just yeah. fixing whatever was bad and putting right. it back together
4: yeah. Yeah. and and i don't well, know well i just want to yeah most
2: anymore. everybody i mean the rebuilds yeah. are typically coming out of some of the electric shops and things that are around town if you're buying one from a parts store it's either new or remanufactured right. one of the exactly. two exactly yeah
12: yeah Alright, I'll call them and hopefully it's a new one. If not, then we'll we'll yeah, take it from I, there. To, I know, wouldn't I'll lose any sleep over keep it. My eye. Yeah, yeah, good,
2: mean, good stuff, Randy. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. I, I don't think that's a huge issue. Caroline, you're next.
3: Hello.
12: Um, you know, I was just calling about what classic car you yes. love. Um the classic car and it was my car, um, that I wish I had never sold, but I had a uh fifty five porsche speedster with with a super 90 engine in it and that was i should have hung on to Um,
2: (laughs) yes you should have but you know
4: it's yeah we can't hold on to everything that's for sure shoulda shoulda
12: huh yeah shoulda shoulda yeah
2: those are i have you looked at all to see what those you you know what they're worth now by chance or
12: oh you know i don't even want to (laughs) know
2: i mean i i'm guessing they're probably in the 150 range now carolyn wow just i i may be off on that but i'm probably not too far off
12: yeah yeah well i had the years with her and we had more fun than you can imagine and that's that's a car
2: that's bringing really good money today so i bet it is anyways well okay no good one caroline that's awesome thank you i uh yeah, but, you know, in defense of all of you that are listening that would go back and say, oh, you know, I should have kept such and such. Well, I mean, I look back in even my own life, and, you know, there's things that you got rid of at certain times. I mean, I can't tell you how many early Broncos I owned back in the day doing what I did, and I'd fix and sell and fix and sell. And, you know, I had enough of those where, you know, today if you had, you know, 10 of those that are worth, you know, some of those are getting to be worth, you know, sure. 80 to 100 grand a piece. So yeah. there's a million dollars worth of vehicles that You're you right. easily could have had. But you would have had to have— owned those, maintained those, stored them, insured them. You're right. All of that stuff for all those years. And, you know, would it have been worth it? Yes, but nobody's got a crystal ball back then to know. You're right,
4: one and, yeah, right. I mean, no offense, and I'm
2: sorry if I'm stepping on toes, but early Broncos, by the way, they were not the best vehicles on the road. They were actually pretty <laughs> junky, to be real honest with you. Yeah. They needed a lot of work to keep running on a regular basis, and they weren't the best of vehicles. So back then, when you had one, and you could turn it and make a
4: buck, you did, because right. it, they weren't great daily drivers. And then back when we sold all that stuff, we did it for another reason, whether it be to get something different or, right. or to or uh, feed your family y- sometimes. Right, exactly, yeah, exactly. Make uh, yeah. the house yeah. payment, right? Exactly, put a down payment I on the You're self-employed. You're like it, it, me. I mean, right. that's what you did. Exactly right yeah exactly so in some cases
2: guys we didn't have any choice you just did what you had to and yeah yeah, do you do you wish you had some of that stuff back well well, yeah of course you do but if you go back in time and and listen and you know and look at things you're like well you know you did what you had to do at that time and it just is what it is
4: yeah you know my my chevy 2 i had a 66 super sport chevy 2 nice nice very nice vehicle drove like did not drive no, very well. No, they didn't well. drive great. You know, no, they, 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 were, they were not the best drivers. Didn't driving have cars. good brakes on it. I no. mean, there they was, went straight. They went straight. Yep, exactly. And if you had to stop, then well, you right, just... no, a whole other story. <laughs> right, but I mean, it wasn't numbers matching or anything. And it, but it was straight. You know, it was it still was still worth money vehicle. today if you yeah. had it. But and you know, and it, I'm I, I'm not sad that I got rid of it because it got me into a lot of things at that point that right. I was um, in much better shape right. today because of. So, but it was, yeah, you know, it was just a neat car, and and if I had it today, I don't know that I would like to drive it.
2: No, you probably wouldn't. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, mean I, I, I can remember as a kid, you know, as a family. So my sister had a '67 Camaro, my brother had a '70 <laughs> Z28 Camaro, and I had a '72 Big Block Camaro, and you know, we all had those kind of at different times, you know, going through high school and what have you, and we were kind sure. of a Camaro family, I guess you could say. Yeah. And You know, you go back and look at each one of those cars, and what would they be worth today? Well, the one that's you know stands out is the '70. Seventy and a half Z twenty eight. You know that right. car today, all done up, is it's a hundred thousand dollar car today. Yeah. Well. Yeah. is what it, uh, know, it, is what it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, back then, you know, you did different things, or you wanted to buy something else, or right. you had different things to do, or you just couldn't. You know, in some cases, you just couldn't store the car any longer. You didn't oh, have a right. place for it. I mean, all of that has a cost to it yeah. as well, which folks tend to forget sometimes. Exactly. So, anyways, yeah. we'll keep going. Give us a call, 303-477-5600. We'd love to chat. Any question you've got, we got one segment left. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
7: At NAPA, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And every NAPA part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 NAPA auto parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NAPAonline.com for a location nearest you. NAPA. Get the good
8: stuff. In these difficult times, Arvada West Auto & Truck is geared up, servicing, and maintaining their customers' vehicles. Throughout the COVID disruption, they still manage to keep their staff busy every day. As a reminder, Arvada West Auto & Truck specializes in electrical, climate control, brakes, tune-ups, emission failures, exhaust, steering, suspension, drivability issues, and maintenance services. Come visit or call Arvada West Auto & Truck. 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have
13: questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance.
0: Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what?
2: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Toon Tech Automotive, Charlie Grimes, and, of course, Larry Unger. Call us, by the way. We've still got some time to answer some questions, 303-477-5600. I did want to get something in really quick because I mentioned this uh, yesterday on my other program, but I thought I'd mention this again today because it just doesn't cease to amaze me. I just There's times where mentality, I just, I sorry, I just struggle. So this was on, I belong to a few Facebook groups one of them being the Arvada Facebook group and not picking on Arvada just happens to be one because I kind of live in that area that I belong to so there was a post yesterday that went up there was the question best and not too expensive most reliable place to get an oil change where they won't try to talk you into more work and then they get close to blah 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 I'm not going to say that here's the problem with that whole statement in my opinion first of all Best and not too expensive don't go in the same
4: sentence. Right,
2: there's no such thing. You're right. either getting the best and paying for it, or not.
4: Right, exactly. There,
2: there's nothing in between. Now I realize you can overpay for something and then it's not the best. Okay, I, I understand sure. that. But yeah. if you want the best, you're going to have to pay for it. Now, reliable place to get an oil change. Now that's a, a big topic, which by the way, the majority of people on Facebook can't answer because to me, reliable means who's doing it correctly who's using the proper filter, who's using the proper oil, And this is where the last sentence doesn't come into play, you know, where they won't try to talk you into more work. If somebody's doing an oil change properly and they're doing the entire inspection, which, by the way, is needed, and they're looking bumper to bumper at everything on the vehicle maintenance-wise to make sure that everything is functioning as it's supposed to, then they should be telling you the additional work that may be needed or is needed down the road.
4: Yeah, exactly.
2: So if you're doing an oil change correctly, everything in this statement is wrong.
4: And and everything is up to you if you want to do those additional services. Nobody's holding the gun to your head, right? It, it, if you have a light bulb out, they that's should be important. telling you. Yeah, that's important. <clears throat> you know, if your brakes are low, that's important. Tires right. are low. Coolant needs flushed. Tires. I mean, down not line we go. Right, you're exactly. due for timing belt. I mean, whatever you're the case right. may be. Exactly. It's it's inf- information, and I mean, some people might push it over the edge to where you have to do this now, or your wheels will fall off. But. You know, I mean that's just most good crazy. shops aren't doing that, right? Exactly. You know, so i will advise you. You know, and your question should be, yes. when or you know, what what are what are the disadvantages of not doing it right now, or or right. what are the advantages of doing it right now? Right. Either way, there. So last, there's last yeah.
2: but not least, along those lines. We all know that doing an engine in almost any vehicle today is a minimum five grand, and that's on the low, low, low Very side. Very low. In a lot of cases, it's ten k or above. Yeah. So, so now we've got somebody asking, "Where do I get the most expensive item on my car taken care of for the cheapest price?" Again, none of this goes hand in hand. Right. Exactly. If you want it to last, you you have to take care of it. It's just, it's yeah. just that simple. Mickey, you're up. You're probably you're up. you'll probably be our last call, but go for it, sir.
10: Well, uh, fast, cheap, and good are still the, the three, when you only get to pick two.
2: That, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I should have actually uh, responded that way, but I thought, well, I'm not going to bother. Sorry. Yeah, all right. You're, you know, here's the problem. Somebody that's in that world is really not thinking the way that we're talking anyways, Mickey, so you're, I'm wasting my finger of typing time to even dink around with it. <laughs>
4: You got that
10: right. Yeah. Anyway, according to the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, uh, kit cars don't need an inspection ever, and I think seventy-five and earlier never.
2: Hmm.
10: I don't know. It may be, maybe maybe they changed it. But I don't know on that one. I,
2: I've I've never looked at the kit. I, honestly, I've never looked at kit car rules. I I, I just haven't. You're right. Exactly. But the, the kit car rules cover all the Cobras. Okay. Yeah, they would. Yeah, because those are a kit car. You're right.
4: Sure. And 75 uh, and older, I think they still have you can get your collector plates, but if you're driving them uh you still have to get an annual emissions on a 75 or older uh to get your renewals, but
10: on the collector it uh, says collector vehicles model 75 year 75 and older emissions exempt.
2: Not after no. Only after the initial Fire. registration.
4: Okay. Oh. So when okay. You,
2: when, in your initial registration, you, we, I've had this conversation uh, has to pass. too many times. you got to pass the first time around. Right. But then okay, after then five
10: years. The, that, that might apply to the kit cars too then. I,
2: I would assume that? that it
4: does, but I would have to double check that one. See, the thing about a kit car is there's no emission yeah, standard. I mean, right, right exactly, what is the standard? so you have to go by the year because that's what everything else was standardized, oh. so it's like, what year is this kit car, or how, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because yeah. it said
10: horses, carriages, street rods, farm vehicles, kit cars, motorcycles. Right, okay.
2: Yeah, and again, uh, and I do know, because my dad and I have had this discussion many times on... Yeah, you because know, we do a lot of the old car stuff. We buy, sell, do all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, on an initial registration in Colorado, it will have to, I don't care how old it is, it has to pass that first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're getting the five-year plates, you've got to pass that first time.
4: And then after five years, do you have to do it no, again? No, you do or... not have oh, to. okay. It's you can exempt just after that. Yes, okay. and I
2: know that because I just renewed my old Buick, and it was up, and it was okay. at the five-year mark, and no, nice. I didn't have to do anything. So oh, good. Once it's done, it's done. Okay. But you have to do it that first
4: time around. Right, and you can't transfer ownership or anything. Correct. You have to. That's yeah. right. okay. That's right
10: a couple other things. Uh the world's prettiest car I think is a nineteen thirty eight Talbot Lego. Hm.
2: Thirty
10: eight uh, Talbot Lego. Tech. Yep, nineteen thirty eight Talbot. Last one that sold was in twenty thirteen for seven million.
4: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So if not you a want, not a daily driver,
10: huh? Uh probably not. <laughs> yeah, no. Of course you could, there's there were more expensive ones.
2: Sure. There was
10: uh if you had a... And then Atlantique, um, or they went for $100 million.
5: Wow. If you had
10: the wow. Alfa Romeo Bat Series, they only sold, the, there were three prototypes
2: that were built, and the three of them sold as a set for $14 million.
4: Wow.
2: Huh. That's amazing. Anyway, and, and it's a pretty car, by the way. Mickey, I will agree with that. It's a very pretty car. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's way ahead of its time, by the way.
10: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Went over 100 miles an hour.
2: Yeah, way ahead of its time.
10: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, that's with that the, uh, the Alfa Romeos had a CD. The, the the Bat Seven had a CD of 0.19. Wow. The, the Bat Alfa Romeo Bats were unique, cars too. Yeah. Yeah, that's Got impressive. Different. Anyway, for nine for hot rods, some of the hot hatches back in the '90s, I think are going to come back because. Kids sold them and yeah. beat them up and put big engines, and I think some of them are going to come back.
2: You may be right. You may be right.
10: Yeah. Uh, no, one more. Craigslist dropped a tw- sometimes in December, and even el- lately. They're under 20. If you go Craigslist by, for sale by owner cars, I'd never seen it before, but they dropped to 2,500 available in the metro area. Supply and demand.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right.
10: Now, John, I want your crystal ball.
4: <laughs> okay.
10: Okay, when Chevy and Ford go to all electric trucks, or yeah. it looks like they're going that way, what do you think the old gas and diesel trucks are going to do?
2: Oh, I think they'll even go up farther in value. If it gets to the point where you cannot buy those any longer because of what you just said, yeah, there will be people that want those, and yes, it will push the price up, yeah. Okay, that's kind of what I was looking at. Nikki, I'm going to get one more question in real quick. I appreciate the phone call. Ann in Denver, you will be our last call. I got a minute. Go ahead.
15: Okay, I just wanted to thank you so much for doing this show because it glorifies when I was in high school because my boyfriend had a, a Corvette in in, in uh, senior high and, and in college because his dad worked for Seifert Pontiac Cadillac, and so he was driving around a vet, right? Nice. And, and, and so the point of the story is I didn't realize how glorious it was until now. Um, I want to ask a question about... Jaguars. Yeah. Jaguars, how do they compare to the Corvette, and not that that's so relevant, except, you know, that's the next car that he had.
2: So <laughs> Depends on the, really, that's a great question. Depends on the year, and the car, and its history, and so on. Some of the early Jags are doing really well price-wise. Late model Jags are awful.
15: Okay, and the Thunderbird, some of the you know, baby blue.
2: They've never done well.
15: Really? No. Nope. Okay.
2: No, nope. okay. they have and I And, Ann, and I don't know why, because, again, you would think those cars, you know, like the Corvettes, because that's what they were there to compete with, would be doing really well in that, you know, resale, you know, muscle car sort of market. But, no, they they never have.
15: Okay. Okay. Well, those vets were fun. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes, agree. Okay.
15: Okay, thanks a lot. You yeah, bet, Ann.
2: Thank you. No, I appreciate that phone call, by the way. No, and, and again, that's that's another one of those cars. Yeah. Uh, Ken, that they've they've just never, they've even the early early ones aren't aren't. I mean, if you look at those compared to a Corvette of the same year, right? It, it, it's like, it's day and night difference.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of wonder.
2: And I don't. And I, again, I don't know why. It's still it
4: still comes back to the Corvette. Yeah, well, and the Corvette has always been a performance car. Correct. Always. The T Bird came out maybe as a performance car, but it changed real quick when it went to a sedan, or a sedan, but it was a family car. Right. You know.
2: Which the I Corvette mean, never did. Right, exactly. Well, that's a great point. So, all right, Ken, real quick, give him your address and phone number in case somebody wants to see out in Aurora.
4: Yeah, so we're out Colfax between Chambers and Sable, uh, 14851 East Colfax, and phone number is 303-364. Three three nine one.
2: Larry Younger answering phones for us. I appreciate it. Uh, Charlie Grimes as well. If you're listening on Sunday, by the way, thank you so much for doing so. If you have a question or if you want to even add to the list, feel free to do so. Ann sees those as well. 307 200 8222. I should have said producer Ann sees those and can add those to our list. But three zero seven two hundred eighty two twenty two. 200 Guys, have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Otherwise, I'll see you Monday on Rush to Reason. But this has been Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
1: Still haven't had enough.